Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1. All right. Each week, we discuss business with either a CEO, an entrepreneur, somebody that can teach something about business. That's what the Ask Brian Show is about. We've now been on six years. That's a long time. Many, many episodes. You think that through, that's probably close to 300 episodes, at least 250. It's a lot of episodes, a lot of People have come on the show. We've had the founder of Oakley. We've had the founder of Learning Annex. We've had a lot of successful people, and today will be no different when we get to our guest. But before we get there, Mr. Matt. Yes, hello. understand why is that Brian spelled with an E? Oh, Peter. Well, first of all, what an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. There's so many reasons why. We spell Ask Brian with an E. But the first one I always like to start with is because E is for education, because we try to educate our listeners each week about business. Wow. That's really, really important. You know, there aren't a lot of places that you go to educate yourself. I mean, people try, and there's 10,000 pieces of information out there, and nobody really can figure out what's what. But Mm -hmm. Ask Brian, they really try to focus in on a certain issue and a certain point each week to try to help people out. That, that's really important. It's almost, it's almost like, you know, I think you can get your MBA and ask Brian. We'll have that out soon. Anyway. <laughs> the M. Brian, yes. <laughs> the Ask Brian MBA, sponsored by the Ask Brian Corporation. Yes, Anyway, yes. Uh, that is really good. And, and, you know, there aren't a lot of shows that educate. A lot of people just, you know, they get on the phone, they like to talk, they like to do stuff. But it's really, really good to actually get something where you can actually learn something from a class or learn something from a radio show that you just tune into once a week. So, now, what are the other reasons why we have Ask Brian? Why is it spelled with an E? Because as we know, most people spell the word Brian, B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-A-N. Yes, well, we don't because we're different. We're trendsetters. And one of the biggest reasons is because E is for experts, because our guests are experts in their field. What does that mean? What, what's an expert? I mean, uh, you know, uh, are you an expert? Is Tracy an expert? Is our guest an expert? Am I an expert? Well, what, what does that mean? Peter, you're an expert because, I mean, look, you've been doing the Ask Brian show for so long. You've got to be close to being an expert in this. You just ran it down how many well, years. <laughs> exactly. So you're but, an expert. But, but it's a time but, requirement. That, you not need... technically. Because what is the requirement? Isn't it like 10,000 hours? I don't have 10,000 hours. We only had 300 episodes. It's only 300 hours. No, that's fair. But it's not just the time, maybe, in that you're doing the show, but the preparation for the time. You can ask, also add that to it, right? Well, that is very, very true. But it takes 10,000 hours, as you alluded to, to become an expert in your field. Uh, if you break it down over 50 weeks in a year, because we're going to give you two off to go spend in Hawaii, like we know you do, Peter... 40 hours in a week. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. we got 40 working hours in a week times 50 weeks in the year. That's 2,000. Takes about 2,000, or I'm sorry, five years to become an expert in your field and get those 10,000 hours. Wow, that's a long time. 
but there are ways you can do it quicker, right? You know, and isn't it true that, you know, certain people have to work more hours than others? Absolutely. Any successful entrepreneur is probably working double that amount of time, probably closer to 80 hours, if not more, in any given week. And that's a very, very good question you have here. So what is another E? Is an entrepreneur an E? I mean, that, that should be like next to education, probably one of the top ones. Absolutely. E's for entrepreneur because most of our listeners are business owners and entrepreneurs. Wow, wow, wow. Now, there's a couple ones there, and sometimes people tell me that I have to kind of lower your volume on your radio or take your headset out. So what are those other reasons? You know, I'm not sure what they are, but I know that I've heard that explanation. <laughs> well, I'll gloss over this one. E is for experience because experience counts. E is, well, absolutely. E is also absolutely. for enthusiasm because being enthusiastic leads to excellent results. Another E. But my favorite one is excitement. <laughs> yes, excitement. Absolutely one of the staples of all the E's here. And another one I'll give you, Peter, E is for empathy. Because being in someone else's shoes helps you to understand your audience, customers, and products and services. Well, since my, I only wear a size 9, most people wearing size 11 is the average. I can probably fit in a lot of people's shoes. There you go. Look at you, Mr. Empathetic over but here. But would you want to? I would want to. <laughs> well, and, and pretty much everyone, they can fit into a clown shoes because clown shoes are totally big. Yes, yes. You'll have to try on my shoes sometime <laughs> because I'm uh, a certified clown over here. And is there any other reasons? Well, we did entrepreneur. We did empathy, excitement, experience, enthusiasm. We really hit a lot of them. You know, E is for engineer, which you couldn't do the show without an engineer. Cough, cough, um, <laughs> me. Um, well, I'll give you a hint. It's, it's Tracy's favorite. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, I think I need to leave the honors to you, the dynamic duo, to introduce Tracy's favorite. Well, it's Greek lightning. Electrifying. Woohoo! There you go. Electrifying. We are, we are very electrifying. We are experts, we are, totally we are entrepreneurs, and we are electrifying. You can't beat that. And hopefully, hopefully our guest has stayed on the show. So is he there? How about this, Peter? I am going to bid you adieu while we try to get Bill in. And the reason okay. that adieu is your favorite word is because one letter is a consonant and all the rest are vowels. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Matt. We really appreciate it. Now... We're going to see how good an engineer Matt is. Da, 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 da. If he can get our guest Bill on the show, then we know he can. And Tracy. Yes. Hey, hi. Why, I'm why excited. I'm enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you Tracy, hate to interrupt you, but I did want to just let you know that we do now have Bill on the line. Bill, are you there? Great. Yes, I am. Wonderful. Wow. I was thinking maybe he just said, after all that excitement and all those things, going, what did I get myself into? i got to get out of here quick. But maybe, maybe yeah. it was just cone technicality. Yeah, I, it was more the latter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're glad to have you on. You've been on the show a couple of times. We really appreciate it. Bill is also the CEO and, of, of the sponsor of the S. Bryan Show. And he's, uh, so he's the sponsor. He's the CEO of the, of the sponsor, which is Albany Farms. And he also is part of Wiggle Steps. He's got a big job there, too. I think he's the COO and president of that company. So he, he's got a lot of stuff going on, hands in a lot of, lot of places, 
and he's done a lot in his life. So uh, it's a real treat to have him on. So, Bill, let's go over a couple of things here. Since it is the start of the year, and we actually were doing something tracing myself, we want to ask you, what do you think are the most, the three most important things to have to start a successful business? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, capital is an important, a great idea. Well, I'll, I'll keep it to three. I, I think there's a lot more than three, but the main thing is you have an idea, a service, a product that is trend-setting, that is unique, or that you have a distinct advantage. And like in, in with one of the companies that I'm involved with, there's a an advantage from transportation and availability of raw materials. It gives us a, a, an advantage over the, the competition. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, an idea that's a trendsetter or some other basic advantage. If you don't have that, then it's going to be a very long road and from my perspective, uh, a very uh, expensive road to go. So, so that's one. Certainly capital, you'll always hear that. I think capital is less of an issue if you launch, you know, in a, in a creative way. And there's things that hopefully we can talk about that would, you know, help the average listener who's maybe considering that, maybe thinking, you know, I'm tired of the nine to five and the grind and, and I'm going to give something a shot. Well, you know, we can provide some ideas that, will uh, hopefully make that a possibility and certainly without taking up a lot of capital to at least get up and running. So uh, I'd say that's another one, but the most important, and I always share this with folks, is tenacity. And no matter what others think, if you believe in it, do not stop. Do not let the problems that invariably will happen when you're an entrepreneur and you start your own business, do not stop. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep pushing toward your goal and maintain a very positive mindset and keep going. Let's go, off, let's go off that one. That is a very good one. And usually most people say it's money and it's the idea or whatever. That's a really good one, though, tenacity, right? So, yeah, fine. People can be tenacious. They can say, no matter what, I won't stop, okay? But the other two can affect you. You may not have the capital, so you may not be able to continue, right? Or your idea may be, you know, done 10,000 times. The question is, people are always going to say, can you build me a better mousetrap, right? How does that play interact with those two other elements that you just gave? So, again, doing your homework up front and knowing that you have a service or a product or an idea that has a market or, from your perspective, has a unique place in, uh, you know, in your particular category. You have to do your homework up front. But with that, I think that any startup very, very, very rarely do you not run into financial issues. They're either an issue, a major issue, or a crippling issue. And my belief and what I've experienced in my career and many others is the people that make it are the ones that stick to their plan, stick to the opportunity, and work your way through that. The easy answer in anything is money, but that doesn't equate to success. We all think it does when we don't have it. But then when you have it, you realize that it's more about effort and energy and tenacity and doing your homework, being on top of things, but not giving in, not stopping, not letting anybody tell you if you know that you have a good business is sticking to that plan. And money can be tight. Money can be gone at times where you're like, I don't know how tomorrow's going to happen. But you keep fighting. You keep pushing beyond because life is 
this is what life is all about. Life is about pushing boundaries and pushing yourself to places that maybe you wouldn't have gone to otherwise. Certainly as an entrepreneur, that's something that I've experienced my whole career. And when I reflect upon successes and failures, those are the things I remember. I mean, the money is great, or the money challenges were difficult at the time, but once you get through them, you're a better business person. You're stronger. You're more able. You're more aware. And most importantly, you realize there's other ways to move forward. It isn't just one standard way. And, you know, you keep making that extra phone call. You keep sending that extra email. You have that extra discussion. You meet with somebody, even though you feel like, what am I doing? You keep pushing. And in my career, when you have a group of people, you have to have a if you're by yourself, then that's the, the approach. If you have a group of people, then you need like-minded people. You need people that are also on the same page and want to create something substantial. And so team building is also very important. But the culture needs to be one of, you know, Peter, I've heard, or uh, Brian, I've heard you allude to this, and it's uh, all gas, all gas and no break. And, and I definitely adhere to that principle. But how do you do that when you have those obstacles? Right? To me, that's a big factor. It's a psychological thing here. We're talking about to being tenacious, okay, you know, and you can't, you know, you can't pay your rent, right? So what do you do? You know, it's hard to be tenacious when you can't pay your rent if you've got a storefront, right? So there are those things I consider to be like, okay, those are insurmountable things about the mass. And there are other things that are less tenacious. Okay, you can't pay a vendor or you've got a little issue here where, where your machine isn't working effectively or you got to wait for a part or the website is down and you got a, a, a web hosting business or something. So those are the type of things that are there. How do you push through that, okay? I think to me, there are some things that are just insurmountable that can never be done, and, and there are others that, okay, we can, we can figure out a solution. Well, in my career, I've been at this for more than 25 years, and I can tell you it's pretty rare if you control your destiny. Now, if you're working for someone else or someone else has control, that makes it a bit more challenging. But if you control your destiny, my argument to that would be there is a way. There is a unique way. If you can't pay the rent on your storefront, then it takes communication. And maybe you work it out to where the, the, uh, the property owner is, you know, paid over six months to blend it. You pay a little bit more in the coming months. Or, you know, they give you a break here and there. They don't want you out of there anyway in most situations. So communication is critical and constantly prodding for ways to go forward. If this country wouldn't be as great as it is if, if people didn't look at things that way. And if you do a, hist you know, a, a little history on many, many of the largest companies in the U.S., you'll read how they started. And they started with the very same problem. And typically what you'll find is a group of people involved in a company that would not accept no, would not accept, gee, I can't do it now, I can't go forward. But there are ways. Not always, but most of the time, there's a creative way to make it happen. I know of somebody who uh, couldn't pay rent and vendors, and they ended up making those people partners in their company to allow them to go forward. And who would have thought of that? I mean, there's different ways to look at it. And if you have the tenacity and the drive and the energy, no matter what it is, there's ways. And so without being too long-winded, I do want to say, for example, I have an employee that, you know, I want to start a side business and something to do with shoes. And he says online and he's got a market and all that stuff. 
And so, you know, and he doesn't know. He's never started a company. And I told him, listen, legal steps is your way to go. You can spend, you know, 1000 to $3,000 to start a company, to start an LLC somewhere. And with legal steps, you can do that for under $200. And by the way, and have all the education on how to do it and in a very timely manner. And so in reality, you can start a company for under $200 for the most part. And, you know, you can get QuickBooks or a little, you know, accounting program. They're very simple, very, you know, inexpensive. You don't have to do these, you know, real, you know, go through attorneys and spend lots of money to start a company or, or you know, do all these dramatic things. You can do it in a very narrow way from, you know, not affecting your pocketbook too much. And you can focus more on, you know, the goods or services that you're selling and, and find a way to do it in a very, very efficient and effective way. Sure, for a couple of things. First of all, how do you spell legal steps that with an S or a Z? So it's with a Z. It's legal steps, L-E-G-A-L-S-T-E-P-Z. And, you know, legal steps is, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur's step to success. And that is because you don't have to overpay. You don't have to pay all of your money out of pocket when you need inventory or you need an employee or different things. There's different ways to save. And certainly legal steps is, you know, a key component because that's how you get started. So, you know, using the example of the employee, you know, I shared with that employee to, you know, reach out to legal steps, find out how to start the business, get it up and running, and, you know, work on some inventory, work on your customers, and go one step at a time. He was thinking that it would cost him twenty or $25,000 for this very small company to start, when in reality, with his particular business, we can get up and running for about four or 5000 So think about how wonderful that is to have that other $20,000 for inventory, for, you know, he, he's not going to do brick and mortar, but for rent, for, you know, different expenses that you have. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a little, you know, some cash so that you can go forward. There's different ways to succeed in business, particularly nowadays. And from my perspective, legal steps is your first and most important step. All right, so Tracy has some questions. Yes, so I was really enjoying, like you were sharing, talking through the legal aspects, which is so incredibly important when you're starting a business. But one of the things that you mentioned was the savings that you could get and then how you could apply that cash that you're saving to other areas of the business. Most entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, are bootstrapping. So how about some tips around how you can bootstrap your business and definitely when you're starting out, and then and then, then let's take it into cash flow management tips after that. Well, um, one of the first things that I would share is that you treat your, there's an old saying, treat your nickels like manhole covers. And what that means is every dollar that you spend is important. And sometimes with the excitement of a new venture, we'll overspend, we'll get excited, we'll do more than than we think, than we normally would think is viable. And certainly there's, you know, countless websites and different ways that you can glean ways to manage your capital. But the simplest way, particularly for somebody who's just getting started, because when you're getting started, there are so many areas that you're just not familiar with and you're going to get blindsided by if you're not prepared. So first and foremost, I would say be conservative at first, particularly with your expenses. If you're looking for a storefront, 
Do not get the, you know, the storefront that's going to impact your capital. There's a certain ratio that you should be looking at, but your fixed expenses should be incredibly small. They'll actually increase as you get bigger. But when you're first starting, you need to be, you know, here's in one of my businesses, somebody gave me an analogy and it's really true. And it's like, you know, don't go to, you know, a significant level right away. Start with, you know, the uh, prove that you can make a hamburger, you know, have a little tiny, you know, 50 square foot area and prove that you can make a hamburger and somebody's going to buy it. Don't have an, a McDonald's idea from day one. First, you know, proof of concept with your point, you know, try to find that customer base. And that doesn't mean spend a lot of money to find your customers. That's another area. But the cash component should be that your cash is in your pocket. You keep it there as much as you possibly can. It does not mean that you need to hit the ground and in a way that you're doing significant revenue day one. First of all, in very, very few situations will that happen. It just doesn't work that way. There's a process to finding success. Give yourself time. Launch your company in an effective way. And again, I'm hearkening back to legal steps, and I'm obviously partial to them. But the fact of the matter is that's the cheapest way to launch a company. Then find your customer base. There are unique ways. You don't have to find uh, different search engines and, you know, all these SEOs that are, that are out there and all these other things that create, uh, you know, awareness of your product. You don't have to do that day one. Do organic things. Talk with people. You know, uh, there's an entrepreneur magazine. You know, uh, read articles. Talk to these people. Try to get mentions in different things. I do that even today. I do that when I'm, for example, on radio shows. I'll plug my companies. And do you have any way to generate interest and generate an awareness of what you're offering? You don't have to start fast. Quite frankly, you shouldn't. You need to develop a strong strategy, strong financials, and grow from there. It's, I know it sounds easy, but even that's very difficult to do. So don't overthink things at first. Keep them very simple. The idea is to get started. We live in an age of reviews, reviews and almost everything. We all do that. We all look at reviews if we're on Amazon or, or anything else that we're looking to buy or, or any services that we're, we're looking for. Get some good reviews. Get some people to say, I completed a transaction. You know, if you're selling a tennis shoe online, or if you're selling a meal in a restaurant, let's get some good reviews. It starts off slow. You're not going to be excited with the numbers, but that foundation and that watching your finance is going to create a lot less headache as you grow. And you're going to have the wherewithal and you're going to have the mental strength to continue on because being an entrepreneur is not easy. Oh, that's for sure. And not for the faint of heart either. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, Again, great advice for when you're very first starting out, but one of the things that you were talking about is this idea of how to reach people and being conservative, but marketing is such a, a big part of what you need to grow your customer base and your audience in some cases if you're an online business and you're driving traffic to your online products. And How do you feel about bootstrapping when it comes to marketing? So from my perspective, one of the worst things you can do is invest heavily into marketing and be flooded with business. You know, if you're a restaurant and day one you have, or first week you have a full restaurant, that's one of the worst things that can happen. You think it's great, but the problem is your staff isn't properly trained. They're not used to the big rushes. They're not, you know, it's in anything that you do. Or if you have something that you're selling online and, you, and you're flooded with 
people that are interested and you don't have inventory or you don't have a way to ship or FedEx didn't pick up one day and you're getting bad reviews. You know, you, you really need to be, from my perspective, you need to be a little bit stayed, a little bit cautious initially. Develop a good strategy, but a good strategy is just not on paper. The most important strategy that you have is actually doing it and gaining confidence yourself. Because if you have five customers, one customer, and you have a good review, how does that compare with having five customers and you have two or three bad reviews, right? So the idea, I I strongly encourage people, if you're going to do it, start slowly. Start in a way that is manageable and keep the expenses down. Don't think, gee, I'd like to have that bigger storefront. You'll have an opportunity to do it later. Get started first. And if you're, you know, if you're running into challenges with finance, first of all, there's a lot of programs out there. There's different ways. There's certain ratios that you should look at. Obviously, to me, marketing should be very, very low. Just your core costs, you know, with your launching your business, with inventory, with a little bit of marketing, but most importantly, developing good relationships with your customer base and getting those good reviews, getting those people that say, boy, I like what you did. You said you'd do it. You shipped it to me. I got it. It's a good product. Or you made this meal for me. and It's exactly what I was expecting. Those are more important today than big sales. We all want to hit the ground running and do $10,000 a day or whatever, but it just doesn't, that's not the prudent way to do it. You need to get started first and develop that solid foundation. And when is the right time to start hiring people as you're starting to grow? So you've set up your legal entities, you've been really conscientious about your products and marketing, and you've got your reviews coming in. At what point do you start to think about expanding your team, and what does that look like? Well, uh, from my perspective, it would be when you see a level of business growth that, you know, obviously surpasses what you're capable of. When you're an initial entrepreneur, you're wearing every hat, right, from uh, your own CFO, your own CEO, your own operations manager. You're your own sometimes production manager or sourcing specialist. I mean, there's a lot of hats that you wear. And there's a certain time where you realize that by not bringing people in, you're actually hurting the company. Rather than you just think, man, this is expanding. I can just bring people on and more and more and more. That's not the approach from in my career. What you rather would do is take the approach. I see that if I don't, if I don't bring people in, I'm going to start losing business and I'm going to start not performing as well because as an individual, you're only capable of so much. So again, I think there's another taking a conservative approach and a less costly approach. Allow yourself to build up revenue. Allow yourself to build up customers. Allow yourself to build up confidence. And in time, you will know. You will know exactly where you need to be. You'll know exactly the right time. But really. What I've always done is I've always looked at it, if I don't make a move and bring people in, I'm going to start losing business. So to me, that's the right time. Yeah, and it's a cost-benefit analysis to staying where you are and trying to run it on your own or hiring someone else out, investing in that, but knowing you're going to recoup, you're going to maintain existing customers because they're going to stay happy, but then also give you the ability to add to and, and scale that way. So a lot of founders that I've, worked with, come across, engage with, 
are not necessarily the best salespeople. And I think there's a misconception when you launch a business that you don't have to do sales. And we know that that is absolutely a false myth because everybody has to sell something even if they're not, even they're just selling themselves. So what are some tips that you would provide to founders, um, new people that are starting out when it comes to selling their own products, but then also if they are not comfortable selling their own products, what kind of alternative? Well, first and foremost, uh, I agree with you 100% in that we're all salespeople. It doesn't matter. You're a salesperson with your neighbor, right? You present yourself a certain way. You're a salesperson with, you know, virtually anybody you come in contact with. So a doctor is a salesperson that works for a, a big uh, medical firm, right, when they see you. Of course, they, they sell their themselves and, and their, their capability and competency. So, so first of all, I think everybody is a salesperson. As far as are some better than others, of course. I think some people aren't comfortable in that environment, but I think that an entrepreneur needs to have a certain level of that. You don't bring in, you know, outside help in that arena right away. You have to be able to sell, you know, your goods or services. And one of the ways you do that is you better know your product. You better know your service. You better know the competition. And most importantly, you better know your customer. So what does that mean? Well, in one of my businesses, I'm in the retail space. Uh, what do I need to know what the buyer for the retail, what they're looking for and what they're typically buying today and how much they're paying and what the quality is and what I can do to compete with that. That's the very first thing that I do. And then I think about the end customer and what they're looking for and what can I provide that might be a little bit different. And the other is the knowledge of my own product. What is it about my product that's so unique? What is it about that I can share that not only I can share how great mine is, but I can share that, you know, what the competition doesn't do that I can do. And if you can't come up with something that's unique or competitive, then you're probably in the wrong space. <laughs> you know, you need to look at something else. So I, I always believe this. I believe this in school. The more prepared you are, the better you're going to perform. You better know everything. You better know if you have a warehouse, you need to know your inventory. You need to learn, you know, FIFO and LIFO, which is, you know, first in, first out, last in, first out. You need to learn all of these things so that you have an effective and efficient building. If you're, you know, in retail, you need to know your cost of goods. I mean, acutely. If you operate a liquor store, you need to have run constant inventories because that's a penny business. And so, you know, you need to be an expert in your field. You need to be an expert with what your customer wants, and you need to know that you have an edge in getting there. And what I'll tell you is even people that aren't comfortable, if they, put that, if they have that in, in their pocket when they meet with people or when they offer their goods and services, they suddenly become good salespeople. Wow. Tracy, you have some information about how people can listen to this show and, and some additional information? Yes, I do. Well, First, I'd love to ask our guest how people can get in touch with you because this information is so amazing. And then I'm going to share about our podcast in case you're driving and you can't write this contact information down. So how can people get in touch with you to explore more great tips like you've been providing today? Well, you know, uh, one of our companies is Albany Farms, and people can send inquiries to albanyfarms.com. That's one way. We're certainly on Facebook as well. Another is with Legal Steps, 
which I think is something that most people should. I, I really encourage people that are interested in starting a company and or even if just curious in general. I mean, I've started companies with some of the big players. I've used attorneys. I've used uh, some of the other sites that have cost, uh, you know, $1,500 or more. And so even for the folks that have started companies in the past and not currently doing it, I really, you know, would encourage you to take a look and see just how efficiently and how great it is to feel empowered and educated on how to start a business or how to trademark. And there's lots of goods and services and they're growing all the time. And the, you know, the process is similar to, you know, just picture Home Depot and how they changed what cost is to to repair your home or to, you know, further improve it or to remodel a bathroom or anything else. You do it for pennies on the dollar. And that's what the model has been to you know, it's create such a, a wonderful chain in, in like the Home Depots and companies like that. Well, Legal Steps is the same. I mean, this is a way to get started and not spend a fortune so that you can focus on your core business, your core product, or your core service. So LegalSteps.com would be another, but certainly either one is fine, and you can send messages, and I'll certainly be happy to respond as I see them. That's so great. So for those of you who are not able to get all this great information packed in one place and you want to go back and listen to it, be sure to download and listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, any platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. And that is the Ask Brian podcast. That's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, the Ask Brian podcast. And I bet we might have time for maybe one or two more questions, right, Peter? Yes, we do. So first of all, what you're telling, talking about before you, we took our last break was basically if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. That was the acronym that I remembered from what you were saying about business. And I, that, that was something I, I got. I remember that, that one. If somebody wants to go to Legal Steps, because you have some background on that right now, if somebody wants to go to Legal Steps, okay, so you can form a corporation to a trademark, why is it called Legal Steps? Well, because it empowers you to take these steps towards success. And one of those steps towards success is obviously securing as much of your capital as possible and not spending a fortune up front. I've seen people launch companies or for legal services that have spent a significant percentage of what they have to start a business before they even got started. And it really puts you in a very poor position to find success. So legal steps are your steps to find great success, to move forward, to empower yourself and understand yourself what you can do and how you can go forward in all these different ways. Certainly in my particular space, starting a company, I wish I knew about or legal steps was in existence you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, because I can assure you I would have used them over and over and over again because you're saving a significant amount of money and it's an education. It's something that empowers you. And so I encourage anybody that's interested in starting a company or a family member, reach out to Legal Steps, understand how that works, save money, don't overpay. Well, that's an interesting point you brought up there. I remember back in 1997, which was over 25 years ago, and I had a friend, and they even did it in the corporation. They paid their attorney $1,500 plus the filing fee, and all that they got were the articles of the corporation and a corporate kit, and they had to do everything themselves. So my question to you is, you know, obviously there's a significant discount, and we're talking about $1,500.97, so 
God knows what that money is today. But you have other companies out there like LegalZoom and everything out there today. So what's the distinction between going to legal steps of LegalZoom? Well, LegalZoom is you know been at it for a while, but they charge a very premium price. You're easily north of a thousand dollars to do it, but there's also lots of other upcharges that are there, and certainly uh, you'll see that when you're there. And you don't you don't necessarily see any of those expenses, or certainly they're much less with legal steps. I mean, it's like no comparison. It's like, well, why wouldn't you hire a contractor to you know remodel your bathroom? Why would you go to Home Depot? Well, it empowers you to do it yourself and probably save a fortune doing it. And my philosophy, and as an entrepreneur, I can speak with confidence, is that I'd much much rather save my money for the business and not spend all of my money giving it to someone else just to get started. Wow, that's really, really good. Well, we've got a lot of great information. We're going to have to have you back and explain more of the legal step stuff, or maybe, maybe we can get the CEO of legal steps to come on or something, because we need to get a lot more information about this. You've been a great guest. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian Radio Show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit AskBrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions, and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's AskBrien.com.